Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum, brought to you by Preference Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and it is Monday, ladies and gentlemen, which means we have our phone call with our friend from Anchorage, Steve, Dave Stearman. I'm sorry, Dave. How's it going? Chest day really screwed you up, didn't it? Chest day really screwed me up. You know, I, it's so good to hear your voice, uh, Dave. Uh, last week, we could not get our, our phones to work, so we missed our phone call. How are you? You know how hard it is to cram quarters into a phone that isn't a pay phone, thinking that it's just my problem that I can't dial in, Joe? <laughs> Dave, you missed my, my cat update last week. Uh, uh, you're a cat person? I am not a cat person, but my house developed a mice problem. I don't know if it was necessarily a a mouse problem, but I heard two mice in my house. I don't know where they came from. So I woke up at 2.30 in the morning one day, heard some mice. The next day I got up, got a cat. So long story short, that cat has has taken me through all kinds of twists and turns. The cat hid for literally two. To this day, mind you, Dave, I've had this cat for almost three weeks. I have not seen this cat in over 16 days, but it's eating. It's finally for for a while. It didn't eat for a while. It didn't poop. And now it's eating and it's pooping. So I know it's there. I know it's alive and there are no mice. So your your solution to two mice was to get a cat as opposed to one of those ultrasonic uh, pest uh, uh, things that that basically drive those animals away because of the ultrasonic sound. Dave, you, you got you got something you have to poop and, and feed. Dave, I am what most people would call an extremist. Clearly. <laughs> so <laughs> instead of, of changing the oil in your car, do you just go out and buy a new car? You know, if I drove car, no, no, no. My solution t- t- to that is to move to an island with, that's really small where I literally don't have to drive. Well, there you go. There you go. So, Dave, what do well, we? Uh, what happy do we Thanksgiving have? week uh, to you and and everybody listening. So, uh, I, I, the update is: I'm not aware of the governor's plan or intentions to pardon any turkey. Ah. Uh, we we learned a lesson from the Palin administration that when you try to pardon a turkey, it's best not to stand in front of a turkey being beheaded by a butcher. So, I think uh, every administration since then has sort of steered clear of that. Did that actually happen? Oh, oh, Joe. Yeah, it's on the YouTubes. Oh, you, you're going to want to see that. Sarah Palin yeah. is an icon. Have you ever met her? Um, uh, <laughs> this should come as a surprise to no one. She never came on my old show. Ah, well, there we go. I would love to meet Sarah Palin. She is a legend and an icon. And oh, my goodness. This, the, the memes, Dave, the memes. I'm telling you, do yourself a favor. Do a YouTube search for that video and just look at the dude behind her off on camera, not quite sure what he's supposed to do as he's beheading turkeys while she's announcing she's pardoning one. Fabulous. All right, so Dave, we have a few things, a few updates from Anchorage this week. We missed last week, so there are just a few things going on. I understand there's some yeah. kind of complaint. Yeah, so uh, a lot of uh, stories uh, across the state over the past few days. A group of physicians uh, wrote a letter of complaint uh, regarding, I believe it was eight or ten uh, physicians, saying that their their treatment protocols for um, 
for dealing with COVID are, are not approved by the CDC, and they've asked that these physicians be reprimanded uh, or uh, begin the process of revoking their license to practice uh, medicine here in the state of Alaska. The, uh, the laws on the books are, are pretty clear. The state of Alaska gives broad leeway to physicians to treat, prescribe, and, and address any illness in a manner that, that they see fit, barring some sort of gross, over-the-top negligence, like you know, over-prescribing of pain pills or, or prescribing medication uh, that, that isn't approved for human use, things like that. There, there is no evidence that any of these physicians in their proposed uh, COVID protocols violated any law or regulations on the books. And, and, and so I know we've received a lot of calls uh, from concerned citizens wanting to know, A, is their doctor on the list? And that wow. list is confidential. And, and B, uh, at a time in which people are concerned about access to health care, is the state of Alaska going to take a bunch of physicians out of the rotation? And there there's certainly no, uh, no grounds as we currently uh, see it to do that. Now, the medical board is an independent board, but in, in just reviewing the complaints and reviewing the regs on the books, um, this is more of a headline thing as, as opposed to any real solid grounds for the removal of these health care providers. Uh, so, so that may or may not have come up, but I just wanted to get that out there for you folks. Uh, the other thing, as we uh, wind down November... The uh, budget will be uh, proposed and released on December 15th, so several days, uh, probably after December 1, you'll begin to see, I I don't know if I would call it sneak previews or or that, but there will be some budget items, some departments. I mean, this budget is this big, giant thing that everybody works really hard on, and then you give it to the legislature and they tear it apart and build it how they want to build it. But you'll see that there'll be some departments uh, that their budget will be completed and we'll be able to give sort of sneak preview updates on, on that. I just don't know for sure who will be first out of the shoot. One, one of the things that complicate that a little bit, of course, is the billions of dollars in infrastructure money that the state of Alaska is receiving from the feds. So we're, uh, we're reconciling what what our cash burn rate is uh, vis-a-vis what the feds are providing. And uh, it's, 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 it's a little bit more than that $20 bill you find in your winter jacket that you haven't worn for five months. So uh, look for over the next few weeks, we'll have an update on that. Now, we're in the studio right now with, uh, with Brittany Pope, the one and only. Uh, she is a mental health counselor here in town, and she'll be uh, talking with us just after our segment here. She has a, a question about Medicaid uh, and, and what's going on with that. Brittany? Yeah, Dave. Um, <laughs> you got lucky today. You got me on the phone. Um, so I just wanted to connect with what's this, you know, is there going to be any significant impacts to Medicaid services for clients? I know in rural areas, we really struggle finding Medicaid providers because of, you know, the budgets and reimbursement rates and things like that. But is there any um, anticipation that there will be more cuts to the DBH programs that there already have been significant cuts to? Well, I'm, I'm not quite sure what that, that final dollar amount is. I mean, I mean because, you know, part, part of 
I guess it's an accounting exercise, a sort of meshing the the federal funds that they've provided with with the state funding for that, you know, with the match, uh, as well as, and, and of course, you're you're seeing this as as a provider, as as we're across the state and across the country, these extended lockdowns or period of isolation, we've seen a spike in drug overdoses, many related to fentanyl uh, consumption, a lot of it unintentional. We've seen a a strain. uh, There's therapists, counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists are are always in short supply. But, but uh, post-COVID, if there is such a phrase right now, we've, we've seen an exacerbation of that shortage uh, here and, and you know, in, in talking with other, other governors and jurisdictions as, as well. So uh, even if you, you had triple the reimbursement rate, you, you need people to get into the profession, to go through the, the training, the education, the certification, et cetera. So I, I'm not quite sure... Uh, what the the final funding levels are, but most certainly we, from both a public health, uh, public safety, even even a, a, a family cohesion and and public education standpoint, are, are quite aware of of the challenges folks in those fields in their communities are facing right now. Yeah, I mean it's a huge uh, burden on providers who are willing to take Medicaid, and I know um, with the expansion, we've just now seen LMFTs, LCSWs, and LPCs are able to take Medicaid. So hopefully that expansion will help the service need we have here, specifically in Ketchikan and rural Alaska. And I know with Medicaid now covering telehealth, that has opened the lines to a lot more access. So hopefully the state will consider continuing that. Um, waiver that they have just specifically to COVID going on, maybe long-term services for people being um, able to. Yeah, and, and I do know that one of the one of the initiatives that, that we're working on is to make that telemedicine uh, remote access uh, more permanent. Um, there, there are there is some pushback by some members of the legislature, but you know when, when you're when you're dealing with uh, the remoteness that COVID exacerbated or or frankly, underscored, uh, th- that has always been uh, a request or, or a want, and, and perhaps unintentionally, COVID may have given more political clout behind that initiative to really move that forward. Well, it's good to hear that you guys are working on that, and thanks for taking my unsolicited uh, questions. I appreciate it. Oh, nary a problem. Nary a problem. Do you guys have anything else for me, or is Joe going to go on and talk about his uh, his upper body workout for the rest of the show? Well, you know what? Chest day is very important, Dave. It's one of my favorite days of my workout week, honestly. Leg day being the least. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we can all relate, right, Dave? Yes, yes. Turkey legs and leg day, both my <laughs> least favorite. <laughs> Dave, I so look forward to our phone call every Monday. For those just tuning in, we're on the phone with Dave Steering. He calls in every Monday to give us the update from Anchorage. Dave, I'll talk to you next week. You guys have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Cheers. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Brittany, Dave is one of my favorite guests. He's so funny, and we have such a good time every Monday. But Brittany, something that we don't get to say enough in today's world and something that's so important. How are you? Oh, gosh, I'm good. I am a mother of two. So two under two. So I I feel like my response is usually I'm tired, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm good today and I'm good being just good. 
Yes, Noah and Ben, my two little beautiful uh, uh, pseudo nephews. I love those guys. Um, so for those just tuning in with us, we're in the studio with Brittany Pope. She is a counselor. Actually, you know what? I will let Brittany explain who she is. Uh, Brittany, let's talk about it. Uh, w- w- so you are originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I am. Um, you went to college in Ohio. Am I am I off here? Let's 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 talk about who I you are. I can give you Brittany. the quick elevator speech that I give my clients. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor, so that means I have a bachelor's, and I got that from Moorhead State in Kentucky. Um, and then I have a master's, which I got from you're not far off, right? State in Ohio. And then I'm also almost a psychologist. So speaking of shortage of psychologists, I'm almost there. Yeah, one um, one semester left to your doctorate. Oh gosh, I'm so ready. I'm so excited. Um, um, and then, uh, so I got that, I'm getting that at Alaska Pacific in Anchorage. So I've kind of got the gamut of education going on. Um, a licensed professional counselor is just one of many mental health designations to provide therapy in the community. Um, there's LCSWs, which are social workers. There's LMFTs, which are marriage and family therapists. There are psychologists, which are doctoral level pro- providers. And then we have psychiatrists who do medications. So there's quite a bit of us. So we, get, we all get kind of confused through one another, but We've got quite of the gamut here in Ketchikan. I run my own private practice in town um, called Be Well Counseling. And so I do anywhere from postpartum services to grief to um, depression, anxiety, to personality disorders. I mean, just kind of the gamut of things. So um, that's a little bit about me. I am originally from Atlanta, Georgia, though. Um, So I've got some Southern roots in me. Um, And you recently visited Nashville and really fell in love with it. So I saw your little like self-care reels on on um, Facebook and it was like you kind of were rejuvenated Nashville was the time of my life I I don't want to make any announcements but I don't know I mean Nashville might see me a lot more in the in the in the uh, future there are a lot of things there that I really connected with and that I really love and that I really found that that I miss about being in the lower 48 and not that I don't love catch you can catch you can you are my my gem my jewel but there are certain things that I really enjoyed about Nashville that I am really excited to uh, to kind of visit and explore a little bit more well, and you say it like you say it, you're lighting your fire. And I think like this time of year, it's really important to find something that lights your fire, whether it's dreaming about moving to Nashville or whether it's dreaming about this beautiful music career. Do not forget about Jake and I, um, <laughs> but it's dreaming about be- this beautiful music career that you could have. And that's something, maybe a plan that gets you through sort of these darker months in Ketchikan where it's raining cats and dogs sideways. No offense to Sebastian, your cat. Um, I would call it the cat from H-E double hockey. Sticks. That cat is intense, but you know what? <laughs> I feel like Sebastian slowly but surely coming into his own, dealing with his own anxieties and dealing with with uh with being thrust into a new environment. Yeah. As so many of us are now with COVID happening, we're just getting into the 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 new world that it has made for us, and uh and and we're all just kind of finding our own way. Well, and I think you like like I said with your you know our dreams and our aspirations, just kind of bringing up the Nashville. Na- I, I call it Nash Nash nasty the Nashville area you know it's such a vibrant beautiful community and so is Ketchikan it's a vibrant and be- beautiful community that you need to get locked into and with COVID it's been really hard because a lot of things have been canceled um, a lot of things are really falling to the wayside of you know what we can do sounds and- like we have a phone call one second oh my Brittany. gosh hello and welcome to the first city forum what is your name Mike Hello, Mike. We're, you're on with Brittany Pope and Joe Williams. What is, do you have a question? How can I help you? I've just got a good comment. Uh, I was watching uh, YouTube just now, and they had a good 
documentary about Seattle is dying, about the homeless people population, how bad off it is. But with their council and mayor, they classify as homeless and not as drug-addicted people problems. So it kind of makes you think about our little town here with the homeless drug addiction problem, I guess. Yeah. Something for you, maybe you should click on it, you know, give you something to look at and speak about, you know, how it's happening, you know, and, uh, and if I was you, I'd get rid of your cat. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of trying to tell him that, too. <laughs> uh, before your house smells like a cat and your clothes smell like a cat. You don't smell too cat yet, Joe. But So what I hear you saying is that you were watching a video of, of Seattle and kind of them classifying their homeless population and being synonymous with drug abuse? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Like drug and alcohol abuse and mental problems. It's, it's all affiliated. The drug world where you become homeless next, your families don't want you, then you're on the streets, you can't get a job. You know, and I think they said they spent about a billion dollars trying to address this problem. You know, to- it's definitely a problem. It's something in Ketchikan, I know that there's been task force and things like that. I've yeah. not seen a ton of, you know, action plans and I think that's I think next yeah. on the burners, but with COVID it kind of shut everything aside, but it also sh- 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 shown a light on homelessness and drug drug use. Well, um, it's nationwide, big yeah. time. You know, yep. like we've lost a million people so far from drug yep. overdoses since wow. the 80s when they started it. You know, there's 100,000 plus just, what, so far up to this year or something like that or whatever. Yeah, and I, and I, and I mean in a sense, it's definitely been going on for a long time, but COVID, yeah. I think especially when people lost their jobs and didn't have anywhere to go, it it shone the light on. Well, when you get high rent problems, people have to sleep in tents, then the next thing you know, they might indulge in drugs. Then I guess watching this video, like the police officers, after they've been told no more arresting them, just slap their hands and let them go because it's a revolving door. And that's pretty much how this town is, you know. Yeah. Revolving door, waste of taxpayers' money. But uh, it, it's just the truth, you know, and uh, and that's the main thing. Maybe this town or the state needs to come up with the rent control where people can't keep jacking the rent on the people, middle-income people, and where they can't afford to live there, so well, they have to move out. Well, if you've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's, you know, we, we learn it in Psych 101, and essentially it's if we aren't meeting our basic needs, it's hard to meet our psychological needs, it's hard to meet our self-esteem needs, and so if we don't have something basic like housing that we can afford or a place yeah. safe place to go, then the rest of our life is going to be hard to deal with, and so I hear like what you're town saying. needs to build a nice big apartment complex or whatever again, sort of like what we have in the valleys and you know, and allow people state or federal funded subsidies for rent controlled anyway. If not, it's going to get worse in this town, you know, then, you know, you'll see more people on the streets and it's a good image for the tourists, you know, because they asked some tourists that came to Seattle and they saw it and the streets smell like piss. That's what it is, you know, because they're going to the bathroom on the streets and the alleys and shit. And they said, they're from Tennessee. Uh, would you be willing to come back to Seattle next time? And they said, hell now, no. <laughs> now, just really quickly, Mike, we are on public radio, so we can't use any swear words. But uh, I, I want to thank you for calling in, and we will address this uh, this question. Well, yeah, that's what you guys should do. Like when Kent Kobe was on there years ago, like he'd make the comment, "It's my opinion is not affiliated with the station or with the other person. It's just, I'm just commenting to this 
comments that people make, you know, mm-hmm. so nobody would get in trouble then, you know. But uh, you've lived here. You see what the streets look like right now. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. And it's going to get worse. Yeah. Mike, thank, right. you, thank you so day. much yes, for, for calling in. That was an, an interesting call, and, and it brought up some uh, important points, I think. So what do, what do you think about what Mike just said? I do think that Mike has some interesting points, and I think a perspective that, you know, has, is shared, common a commonality. I do think, you know, we could definitely put more money into, and that's kind of what I was getting with, with Dave at the call, is we keep getting these funding cuts. Yeah, maybe we don't have providers, but how do we recruit providers as a state? How do we support people in the mental health um, arena to then support people who are homeless or who have who suffer from drug addiction. I will say, and I think there is this this view of lumping everybody together of because you're homeless, you might struggle with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. Um, I think that homelessness is definitely something that should be dealt with and essentially the basic need. Um, but drug addiction is it's not stigmatized together. So I do want to make that delineation. I know sometimes we see things like you said on YouTube that um, it can be all one and the same and it can, it can be, we are humans and if we are homeless and we have lost hope and maybe we get offered something drug wise and we take it, but that's not necessarily the cause of drug addiction. COVID's not the cause of drug addiction or homelessness it we are humans and holistically we need to be looked at like that and if we're sh- we're suffering with housing could is there a place we could go that would support like i know the path shelter has a program for veterans where they can help try support them into getting into housing and so it's finding out about those programs to support people versus the label piece of that so i do think we can kind of get really down this really bad road of of labeling something as an issue from something else when really they're all separate issues and one person may be dealing with all three of them, mental health, substance use and homelessness because of the substance use or because of the mental health needs or because of the lack of resources in the community. So I do hear uh, Mike's perspective. And I think that a lot of people share that perspective of we need to get more support and in putting our tax dollars in that arena would be helpful. The problem is, is that we have so many entities governing Alaska, you know, there's boroughs and cities and the state, and we can't all agree on what to do with what. So I would think, I like I always said, Medicaid, Medicare, and the state need to get in the same room <laughs> to, to talk about that. So and that would be my, my response to Mike. I think he brings up some good points. I do think, though, we need to be very careful about the stigmatizing of saying because someone's homeless is because of substances or vice versa, because they can be completely separate issues that are connected, but completely separate issues because of job loss because of COVID. Um, Definitely. And I, and I love that you brought up that, that, that separation and that just because you're, you're homeless doesn't mean you are a drug addict. I want to, I, we could talk about this on a whole different show, but I've wanted to talk for a long time about mental health and how that can lead to homelessness and how there are really very few resources for those who are severely uh, mentally disabled. I have a friend who suffered from uh, schizophrenia 
and you know her her downward tra- her downward trajectory it happened so fast mm-hmm. just from being a relatively normal person dealing with some depression you know maybe showing some manic tendencies um to literally believing she was the reincarnation of selena and then stealing a car and being locked up in mm-hmm. a georgia prison uh so uh, it's it's difficult um when you are severely mentally disabled or, or mentally affected and you it almost seems like you have no choice but to but to wait it out until you do something that gets you locked up. I think the problem with that is there's not proactive services. There's pro, there's there's reactive. So a lot of times, like let's say that was here in Ketchikan, mm-hmm. a pseudo person will call them. We'll call them Joe since I'm on the show yes, with the Joe. Let's do it. We'll call a pseudo person Joe, and they are suffering from schizophrenia, and maybe they don't have the resources, the medication, because that is a mental illness that most most of the time needs medication. And so they don't have access to the medication. They're trying to get it from the ER and they can't get it. They don't have a provider because they don't have insurance and sick, you know, they don't have Medicaid, you know, all these things could be a factor. And what happens is, is we either have to ship people out of the community, which we only have one psychiatric hospital in the community and that's in Anchorage. And so we usually have the issue of having to leave the community to get the support that you need. Or if you don't have insurance, you're, you're, you don't have the support that you need. Um, and so then that leads to medical bills piling up. If you're trying to access the ER, if you're trying to access providers, and then that leads to bankruptcy and homelessness. I mean, there's, there's so many ways to be preventative. So Joe with schizophrenia, let's say goes to the ER. If we had a social worker that could connect with them or a mental health clinician, which they do have those services. And then the follow through happened, right? I'm trying to call Joe. I'm trying to call Joe. And then that, that case management piece is so crucial. And I'm not sure at the level that's happening, um, and I, the funding level really isn't there. Mm-hmm. So that's the piece. It's, it really kind of goes back to even what Mike said is, you know, where are our tax dollars going for these things is the funding level. Um, so really people end up in, unfortunately, in jail where they get the treatment that they need and then they get healthy and then they realize, oh my goodness, I have all these charges against me. Mm-hmm. It's just a really hard thing. Um, we need proactive services and not reactive services. I really believe in that. Accessing healthcare before it becomes an issue um, of, of this level, of this magnitude, like you described in your friend of your friend in Georgia. Definitely, and, and like you were saying, it takes money because there are so many people suffering from these things that you know it's just impossible to provide care for, for all of them uh, unless you have the funding and, and unless you have the, the people who are able to, to um, provide these services. So I wanna talk a little bit about uh, the, the holiday season is almost- holidays. Thanksgiving is this Thursday. Uh, Christmas is next month. And of course, this is a time of year where a lot of people do deal with a lot of things because, you know, some people don't have families and some people um, don't have money to provide the things that they want for their families because this this time of year is so commercialized. And, yeah. and, and there are so many people who do feel such immense pressure around this time of year. And then we get and then we live here in Alaska where we only get about four hours of daylight <laughs> around this time. So yeah. I want to talk talk a little bit about uh, mechanisms to cope with seasonal depression. Yeah, that's, so that's such a hard one because I don't think people recognize it as seasonal depression. They think it's depression, right? Mm. And there is a difference. Um, depression is more long-term, whereas seasonal is what exactly it sounds like, seasonal. Um, and it typically comes around sort of the, ho- not the holiday time, but the winter time, the dark hours mm. in Alaska specifically. Um, and so the really important thing that I tell um, my clients is make sure you have a sad light. It is a light. It's a therapy light. You can get one on Amazon for less than 20 bucks. Probably the best money you're ever going to spend for the season. 
and you can get portable ones. I keep one on in my office when I'm not seeing clients. Um, you can talk with your medical provider because that's always who you want to confer with when you're using modalities like this. But um, it's recommended on the one that I have, like f- 15 minutes in the lowest setting, and then you build up from there. And you can break that 15 minutes up, um, five, three, five-minute things a day, whatever works your schedule. But satellites are really great coping mechanism for seasonal depression. The other piece is um, if it gets to a level where it's lasting past the season, you know, maybe reaching out to a mental health clinician or reaching out to your medical provider just to kind of get some ideas to troubleshoot longer term because then it can turn into depressive like symptoms. Mm -hmm. So it's really keeping a gauge on the heartbeat here of just what are you feeling? An app that I love that it's, I think it costs like four or five dollars. And I know I'm um, shout out to Ty Retke because he actually posted on Facebook about this app. And I, I recommend it to almost every one of my clients. It's called Dailyo and it's D-A-Y-L-I-O. And you can track your moods, your activity. Um, you can actually like pull to two weeks together and see like over the last two weeks, my moods were actually I was doing pretty well because a lot of times what happens is we get into this funk where we're like oh my gosh this whole month was crappy however it really was just an hour of the day but we lump it into the whole month or the whole day and so it really allows you to be present and focus on how am I feeling and so I tell my clients to download this app dailyo app you can also get the free version it's just a little bit more restrictive um, and check in three times a day breakfast lunch and dinner check-ins and that way you can kind of gauge on how are you really feeling versus focusing on the one bad thing that happened that day and then making it a huge issue. Brittany, I am so excited to have you on. I don't want to overwhelm you with questions because <laughs> because Brittany will be on with us the third Monday of every month. And there are so many things that we can talk about, so many episodes that we're going to, to have. And I'm oh, yes. so excited. You've been so informative today and so insightful. Um, thank you, Brittany. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the First City Forum brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Now, Brittany, I want you to just really quickly uh, shout out that app one more time. Yeah, let me... Uh, a few things you know i'll be here every third monday every month Mm -hmm. this isn't a substitute for mental health or medical advice so just make sure you're reaching out to your local support team um and then the app that i said today is called dailyo d-a-y-l-i-o and you can find it on your app or your iphone or android app store and really quickly i want to talk about what is a sad light ah it's a seasonal affective disorder light so it's like i kind of call it like a tanning bed except it's Mm -hmm. not a tanning bed because it's not getting you tan um, but it's the 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 UV rays essentially are kind of filtered through and they provide the 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 UV rays that we don't get during the dark months and so honestly anybody that lives in Alaska could benefit from it because it's so helpful and they also have this thing called ions in them too I think we can see those on our blow dryers and our straighteners mm-hmm. kind of a similar idea of just kind of filtering through the air um, so it's got so many good effects and like I said you can get them on Amazon put them on your wish list ask your family for it um, but you can get them in like tablet size so you could travel with them you can get a huge box size so you can use it at, at home or work or whatever but they're they've been found effective for seasonal affective disorder which is why they're called satellites satellites guys get yourselves some satellites I'm gonna definitely order mine today I need it so badly thank you Brittany for for uh, coming in with us this Monday and she'll be with us every Thursday Third Monday of the month. Thank you all for tuning in to the First City Forum brought to you by Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams. Goodbye.